Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Always happy to have you here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And in the second hour of the show every Thursday, we're starting a little bit back today as we got our college football picks in with Papa Joe and just had Katie Kalinske return to the show with Coaching with Class. We are now hopping into the Fantasy Football Power Hour. No one be afraid. We will give you that Power Hour, if not more. So even though we're coming in around uh, 1030 this morning instead of our typical 10, you will get the full feel of college or of the professional ranks of fantasy football we will be giving you our thoughts on the Jets against the Browns the Saints against the Falcons the Bills against the Vikings Niners Chiefs Raiders Dolphins Bengals Panthers as well as the Colts and Eagles the Packers and Redskins the Titans and Jaguars the Los Angeles rivalry of the Chargers and Rams up against each other, the Broncos and Ravens, the Giants and Texans, New England, the Patriots going up against their old defensive coordinator who's not coaching any defense right now, Matt Patricia, the Patriots and the Lions, the Bears and the Cardinals, the Cowboys and the Seahawks, and on Monday night, the Steelers and the Bucks will have all of those games for you today. We will have you set and ready to go to set your fantasy football lineup for all of your Thursday, Sunday, and Monday games right here, right now, live with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football, myself, Dan Satora. You can check out my fantasy football info and everything that we have on the quick link on wakeupcalldt.com's homepage and by going to the tab on wakeupcalldt.com in general. So we want to make sure that you check that out. Check out halloffamefantasyfootball.com. It's proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, where we watch our games, we draft our players, and we have a great fantasy football season and the Pennant Trophy Center that brings us our Lombardi as well as our toilet for the last place team. With all of those pleasantries being said and out of the way, I'm very happy to have Mike Sofka back on the broadcast. He is one of my most favorite people to talk to weekly. I think I sometimes talk to you more than I talk to some family members, Mr. Sofka. How are we doing today? Awesome. Thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome as usual. Excited. Ready to watch uh, the Browns tonight. I think they're going to pull away with their first victory, so I'm excited. Yeah, and I think that this game's kind of cool. I mean, this game is kind of set up to be a Mayfield-Darnold thing, but Mayfield isn't out there yet. I dare I say it, I wouldn't say this in, in you know past years, even recently, but you sound this way, I feel this way. I'm excited to watch the Jets play the Browns. Is is that strange? I mean, I, I feel like there's going to be something to see on tape today. Yeah, you know, I, I was up early this morning. I, I saw Adam Schefter with a tweet this morning. He pointed out the Browns' last win came 635 days ago. That was December 24th, 2016. They beat the Chargers 20-17. to Now listen to, listen to the players that helped Cleveland win that game. RG3, Joe Thomas, Gary Barnage, Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman, Joe Hayden, and Isaiah Crowell. This is why the Browns haven't won. None of those guys are there. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Where are these guys? Where are the victories? So hopefully, you know, I think they've been building something good. I think they've been working on getting better, and it looks like the roster is better. 
It's unfortunate they had the couple departures at receiver, but you know you got to go with the greater good of the team when you're trying to rebuild and build something. And I'm sure Dorsey's on the right path here with taking a no-nonsense approach, and hopefully that's going to be good for the team long-term and hopefully for their sake tonight as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if this is going to be, in my opinion, it's it's going to be uh, an interesting game, probably a good game for the Cleveland Browns. I, I did have that Sam Darnold was going to make some mistakes in his second game, and he did that. I thought he would have, you know, a touchdown and an inter- and, and an interception in the game. He had one touchdown and two interceptions. So, you know, pretty around the realm of where I thought he would be. I thought he'd be tested a little bit more. I ultimately picked the Jets, though, and the Dolphins ended up winning the game. What do you think about Sam Darnold in his third game and the fantasy value on both sides of things between the Jets and the Browns? What do you have in this one? Yeah, you know, I'm not a big Sam Darnold guy right off, especially when you consider the Browns are leading the league in takeaways with eight. So, I, you know, I, I, I think it's he's going to have the learning curve here. I think he's done okay so far. You know, he's not the savior people thought he was. It's pretty easy to look that way when your defense knows all the calls on the other team in Detroit and they're setting you up for success every time. He's going to have his ebb and flow. He's going to have his ups and downs. I, you can't play Sam Darnold yet. You just can't do it. Tyrod Taylor, I got him ranked number 20 quarterback this week. So, you know, if you had to put him out there, he's a conservative guy. He's not going to lose the game for the Browns. But he may not win the game for the Browns either. So it's probably going to go more so to the running attack. You know, I like Carlos Hyde a little bit. I think he's number 18 running back this week. You know, I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of Duke Johnson, but he does demand attention, especially in PPR. But I would think in a flex category, not necessarily as a running back. And, you know, I'm – this is my biggest question. What are we going to see from the receivers? Is Jarvis Landry dinged up? Is it going to be all Antonio Callaway? Antonio Callaway, they're saying, is going to have increased production. They've been limiting him. And and this is a guy who just went out there and ran for that big touchdown, big touchdown reception last week. I like his upside, just not yet. You know, you can't depend on somebody who's had a flash of brilliance and you think has the talent. If you have to... You go that way. But, you know, you can't go that way in fantasy football. So I don't really value any receivers on that end of the ball. For the Jets, I think there's a little more value in receivers, but, you know, not much. I mean, you're looking at a Robbie Anderson. Uh, Quincy Inua seems to be taking over as Darnold's favorite target. So I want to watch that continue to develop. I'm excited for that. And, you know, tight end I really can't say much on either side I mean I hope Njoku does something you know I got him ranked number 14 so just outside the tight end realm this this week so I look for the Browns to pick up their first victory in a couple years tonight should be a good game like you said Dan I'm excited to see Jets and Browns and you know if you had told me I would have said that two years ago and I told you you're crazy yeah, absolutely, and and I'm right there with you on it, you know, and 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 obviously making that statement, I <laughs> I'm surprised, but you know, I'm excited. I'm excited that the Browns get to be on television. I question why the Jaguars 
aren't on Thursday night football or Monday night football when right now they're number one in the power rankings and it was their game to lose against the Patriots in the AFC championship game. Yet we're seeing the Jets and the Browns on Thursday night exclusively. So, you know, it's I'm happy. I'm happy we get to see a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. I'm happy we get to see the new look Cleveland Browns. But I'm also kind of questioning the the tactics and the decision-making of the NFL to not have the Jaguars on Monday night or Thursday night more consistently. They do have a Sunday night game for the first time in forever. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm in Frozen sing-along right now, singing the first time in forever. But that's how it feels right now. So I'm happy to see it. I also wonder why there's not more opportunities to the Jaguars. Uh, in this game, for me, like you said, Antonio Callaway, he's a guy that was in Florida. He got himself in some trouble. So, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice with him. Cleveland took a took a wide receiver that was in trouble in Josh Gordon, let him go. Now they have a wide receiver that's been in trouble in Antonio Callaway. He's still there right now. So I wouldn't take Sam Darnold in this game. Isaiah Crowell, I know he's playing his old team, but I'm not a big fan of Isaiah Crowell, and I'm not a big fan of his uh, – I feel he's inconsistent. And again, I said Isaiah Crowell never looked really that good in Cleveland, and then he played the Detroit Lions and looked like a phenomenal back, but Matt Breda almost had 160 yards against the Lions most recently, and he's not known to break it out like that. So it's more the Lions' defense than I think anything else, so I'd stay away from Isaiah Crowell and Belial Powell. In this game, if I had to choose, I like Quincy Anunwa and Robbie Anderson. I would say Quincy would be a wide receiver too, and Robbie would be a low-end too in my opinion, high-end three. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to say low-end two because I still think he's worth putting out there, but he was relatively quiet in the most recent game. And quarterback-wise for Cleveland, I, you know, it, it's really funny because I always I always called him Tyrod, as many people did, but Tyrod, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. Carlos Hyde, in, I like Carlos Hyde in this matchup. I like Jarvis Landry in this matchup. And as Mike said, Antonio Callaway, don't run out and get him and take somebody good off your team right now to replace with. But if you have him on your roster or you need a flex position, I don't think it's a bad idea to put him out there against the Jets defense right now. And, you know, honestly, I think I think Carlos Hyde, I think Duke Johnson Jr. could do something in the flex. And then Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway. And Callaway is now more important to the team. So he needs to stay healthy and needs to stay out of trouble because his fantasy value and his professional reality value has gone way up with them parting ways with Josh Gordon. And David Njoku, potentially, I still think he's like a mid-range tight end too right now. Kind of maybe a t- maybe a high-end tight end too, but he's not a one for me right now, and he's not a one for me this week. Next game that we have coming up here, Mr. Sofka, is the matchup that we have between the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. What do you have for this? Yeah, I, I think there's going to be some points scored in this one. You know, both teams play in domes. The, the, the game's in a dome. Uh, New Orleans looks like they could score a lot. We thought their defense was going to be a little bit better. Uh, we thought that you know, the Falcons offense would be a little bit better too. So, you know, I'm not real high on Matt Ryan. He's still outside of being a QB one. He's a high end QB two at number 13 on my rankings this week. 
you know, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is always a QB1. He's number seven on my rankings. You you know that. You're not going to go. And Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is off to a start like not seen before in a long, long time. I don't think ever. I mean, this is a guy who has 28 receptions, three touchdowns, uh, to almost 300 yards receiving in two games. This is phenomenal. So he's off to a to a torrid start here. He's going to tear it up if he continues this pace, which seems to be impossible. But it looks like going up against the Falcons defense, who has a lot of guys missing, a lot of guys injured, including Keon O'Neal. You know, this could be another week where Michael Thomas just goes off the charts again. You know, Devonta Freeman was hurt. Uh, they're looking to get him back on the field, but I think we're going to see more of a Tevin Coleman this week again. I, I think Tevin Coleman's worthy of an RB1 when you consider that. I don't think Freeman's even going to see the field. So I got Tevin Coleman ranked number six. And, you know, the the uh, the Saints are still kind of struggling to, to find that other guy to go with Kamara. So it's all Kamara. He's arguably one of the top running backs as long as this continues until Ingram gets back. I got... You know, depending on how you look at it, in the standard, I got Kamara 2. In a, in a PPR, I got Kamara 1. You know, and that's, you know, reversed with Todd Gurley, who's been having a good year as well. So, tight end-wise, you know, you'd like to see somebody step up. I think it might be a Benjamin Watson, the old guy, finally making it happen. And, you know, we, we really haven't seen Austin Hooper step up on the other side yet. So, you know, I, I, I think Hooper's a tight end too because he has such a tremendous upside and they can spread the ball around. But my biggest thing in this game is I want to see Julio Jones. I want to see Julio Jones. I think he ranks right up there with Michael Thomas. Him and A.B. since, I don't know, the past six, eight years, nine years, whatever it is, have, have had the most yards in the league as far as receivers. So he's always in the conversation. And I think with the weaknesses that New Orleans secondary has showed, I think this is a good week to play Julio Jones as well. He's not my number three receiver this week. I think the I think the Falcons are finally going to get something going here, and I think the Falcons are going to turn around and beat the Saints here at home in Atlanta, and everybody's going to think the Falcons are back. But, you know, in in this game, in the NFL and in fantasy, you do it once, that's great, you help me win. You do it twice, you got my attention. You do it three times, now I'm all in. So this is a case for Atlanta. They need to get back on track. And I think they will against the Saints. Yeah, you know, I, I think that this is going to be, uh, you know, for for me, this is a game where there is a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of on paper that's supposed to be good. I want to give a shout out though, Monty Teo. You know who who would have thunk it? He is with the New Orleans Saints, and he is the middle linebacker. He has a knee injury, and he did not practice on Wednesday. Ted Ginn has been limited with a knee injury. And outside of that, really nothing to worry about. But I do want to make a note, because Mike was talking about it here as well, that Devontae Freeman, I said last week, play Tevin Coleman. And Tevin Coleman didn't disappoint you by any stretch of the imagination last week. He did a lot of great things, because when he's asked to be the guy, those are the weeks where you really see him excel, which is good to see. It's kind of sad, because he's always behind Devontae Freeman, and splits time with Devontae Freeman, and sometimes he gets more and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he gets the yards, sometimes the points. But 
when he's asked to be the guy when Devontae's not there, we can see that this he can be a back that the team can lean on. And so, you know, for the people that own him, I'm sure they wish that, you know, that they did this more and that Atlanta trusted more in him. Devontae Freeman didn't practice with a knee injury this past Wednesday. Neither did Julio Jones with his calf injury. So make sure you watch them both in this game. If Julio Jones is good to go, you got to play him because Matt Ryan has gone down. He's, Matt Ryan is, is, not, is not trending up to me right now to start off the season and coming off of last season. So I will say this about him, though. He's playing a New, Nor- a New Orleans team that has almost no defense. So if I am with Matt Ryan on my roster right now, he is a quarterback one. He's not the highest of the high, but he's still there for me. Tevin Coleman is worth the play this week as well. And Julio Jones, a healthy Julio Jones is worth the play. And also also Austin Hooper, I throw him into the mix. Calvin Ridley, watch him. He scored his first ever professional touchdown in only his second week in the NFL. He just did that. So make sure that you're watching him. I don't know if I would necessarily put him out there. He's still a wide receiver three to me. So it depends on what you have and how deep you got to dig. Drew Brees, I like him in this. I like Alvin Kamara. These are cut and paste. Michael Thomas, cut and paste. And Cameron Meredith has let me down. I'm interested to see what he can do. Benjamin Watson, high-end tight end two for me this week. If you're just tuning into the show, this is the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center, both in central and upstate New York. The Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, which is the home for every single sports fan, no matter what team you love. And when it comes to NFL Sundays, you're seeing 20, 25, 30-some-odd different team jerseys all in one place. They are not a bar that says we're a Steelers bar, a Dolphins bar, a Cowboys bar, a Bills bar. They welcome everybody, and they find a way to make – somehow, some way, they have found peace amongst fans because it's a great place to watch the games, and it's a family atmosphere. I love it. It's local. It's great. And the Pendant Trophy Center has been serving the community for over 60 years. They are absolutely tremendous, and Mike can vouch that the trophies are beautiful – very well crafted, very well done, heavy, feels like a Lombardi, and the toilet everybody gets a kick out of. But ultimately, people tell me if I'm not going to win first, I better win last because I want to at least get the toilet so that I can put something on my mantle. So I appreciate the Pendant Trophy for all the hard work they do. They've now moved to East Syracuse. You could see them right by BJ's Wholesale Club in East Syracuse. With that being said, Mike and I are giving you every single matchup, every single team, breaking it down for fantasy value. The Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings. Buffalo's on the road, and Mike, what I said would happen has definitely happened. You've agreed with me that this would happen, and that is that the Bills' offensive line aren't going to protect anybody. They've allowed 11 sacks through two games and sacked eight times in his debut in the NFL, eight times. Five when he was the official starter, and three when he came in in relief of Nathan Peterman. Sacked eight times as a rookie in two games is Josh Allen. What do you think about the Bills giving up sacks and now playing one of the best defenses in the country on the road? Minnesota's favored by 16 and a half. That's a huge line, and normally most people would run to their guy run to their online account and place a wager, take in the points. But i got to give the points in this one. I think the Bills are just bad. I think they're horrible. 
I think they're the opposite of what the Browns are doing. The Browns have been building, cleaning house and building. The Bills have been cleaning house, and I don't know what they've been doing. The only redeeming value on their team fantasy-wise or a guy that can pop off the screen at you, and LaShawn McCoy has a torn rib cartilage, and he may not play this week. So run out, stop what you're doing right now, continue to listen to us, but go pick up Chris Ivory right now. He'll be your starter this week. Oh, and by the way, there's new allegations against LaShawn McCoy regarding child abuse a la Adrian Peterson. This one is already on file at the at the family court services. This one already has pictures. This is going to be nasty. It's not going to be good. The Bills are standing behind him for now, but it's just going to be a matter of time when they lose the only player they really have. You know, you can't play the quarterback from the Bills. You can't play Josh Allen until he does something, and he's not going to do anything this week. I mean, hello, he's going up against Minnesota. Well, Minnesota's going to counter with Kirk Cousins, and he's going to be just fine. He's the number six quarterback on my ranking. You know, Dalvin Cook, they're going to use him, of course. He's going to be used well. But you know what? I don't think they're going to have to do a lot with Dalvin Cook. I think they're going to spread the ball around. I think they're going to get Latavius Mertz touches. So Dalvin Cook's a high-end running back, too, this week. And Latavius Murray is a bottom-end. Or You know what? Let me check that. A high-end. You know what? He's number 32 on my rank. You do the math, okay? Yeah, Latavius Murray's going to get some touches. He's going to get some passes. Not so much on the Buffalo side. Chris Ivory, maybe. LaShawn McCoy, maybe. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but I would wager it's going to be Chris Ivory. But I don't think you can start him yet. I think you can pick him up as an emergency or bi-week filler, but I don't think that you can start him yet. And as far as receivers, you got to go with Diggs and Thielen. Diggs and Thielen, both wide receiver ones. How nice is that to have two wide receiver ones on your team? I'd love to be the quarterback on that team. Well, they got a good quarterback, and Diggs and Thielen are going to get the ball. They're going to do you right. You know that already, though. Buffalo, not so much. I don't have anything. I don't think Kelvin Benjamin's doing anything. I haven't really seen Zay Jones show up. Uh, it's, it's the same thing goes with the tight end. Charles Clay, I don't know what's going on there. They cut Nick O'Leary. But you know what, on the other side of the ball, Kyle Rudolph, he's going to start to show up, and I think it's going to start this week. He's my number seven tight end. These are two teams going in opposite directions. I look at the Vikings to win big. Yeah, I think that, you know, Josh Allen might go to Minnesota with other other motives. I think he might be going to Minnesota with an offer on the table to be their third-string quarterback. I, I think – I think he might be going there with a hope of saying, "Do what you need to do to get me out of Buffalo. I'll, I'll whatever it takes. Just let me. I'll, I'll carry. I'll carry Mr. Cousins' water bottle. I'll take his. I'll take his luggage. I'll do whatever I need to do. You know, he, he's going to Minnesota. He's going to a place where the, you know there's a, there's offensive lines and defensive lines that protect and attack. So you know it's. Buff and, and again, Buffalo Bills. I know I'm up here in Central New York. You're go. You're getting rowdy. You're getting upset. But I'm telling you, you should be feeling exactly what Mike and I are saying. And it's not our fault that you are the 32nd team out of 32 teams this season. 
that's a front office issue, and it's a it's a scheming issue. It's it's a roster issue. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. And having Richie Incognito, which I just found out yesterday, Mike, I don't know if you know this, Richie Incognito, who we already know has said some kind of racial things, allegedly, and been a kind of a, a head case in a lot of different ways, and retired and then decided he wanted to play football. I found out yesterday that he went to his father's funeral with a, with a hacksaw and tried to cut off his father's head so he could take it with him. Wow. Wow. And he was supposed to be a starter on the Bills' offensive line. Wow. That's all I can say is wow. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I guess the positive side of it is at least we know that he has some tenacity and energy that maybe the Bills' offensive line is lacking. I don't know if that's what you could take from Hacksaw to pop his head. But, you know, thankfully, whoever was there didn't allow this to happen. And, you know, Mr. Incognito is safe and sound bodily and most importantly in heaven, but Richie Incognito, I, I, I don't get it. And, and that was the hope. I mean, I just, it doesn't make any sense. So Josh Allen, he's not a bad quarterback, but if there's anybody that I'm going to play out there, it's LaShawn McCoy, but they're going to, they're going to put a bunch of guys in the box. They're going to stack the box and they're going to make it difficult. I like Kirk Cousins. I like Delvin Cook. I like Latavius Murray, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota, of Minnesota's defense and special teams. In other words, play the house is what I'm asking you to do in this matchup. Next one up that we got for you is San Francisco and Kansas City. San Fran's been relatively a little bit quiet under Jimmy G. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great. He's not shocking anybody. On the other side of things, Mr. Putting on a Clinic, the Kansas City Chiefs may not play defense, but they play a crap ton of offense. And Pat Mahomes, in his debut as the starter outright this season, has 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns this season passing already. And it was really funny to me how Mr. Kareem Hunt didn't have to do it. He just kind of put his feet up back on the table and said, you got this, Pat. I'm going to take this week off. I'll see you next week when we go play the Niners. This team is is looking good. Pat Mahomes is looking tremendous. And he is in a place right now where he has 10 touchdowns and 800. I mean, this is 582 yards already this season. 10 touchdowns, and no interceptions did he throw against the Steelers on the road in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field when he threw 28 passes. He was 23 of 28. So not only did he have six touchdowns, he had no interceptions, and his completion percentage was 82.1%. So with all of that being said, Mr. Sofka, I bring you into game number three. Could the young gun do it again against San Francisco? Yeah, absolutely. I look for the Chiefs to win in this one. I look for them to win pretty handedly, although I think there's going to be some points scored in this one, so there's going to be some fantasy value. Look, Patrick Mahomes is the great breakout story of 2018 already. He's on a horrendous pace, and you know I'm pretty sure he can keep this up. And last week, I think a sign of his growth was this is a guy who historically doesn't throw to the tight ends, hasn't, it never really did, but he's got one of the best tight ends. So it was encouraging to see Travis Kelsey getting involved in the mix. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be the number one quarterback on my rankings this week. That's right, number one. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is not bad because Kansas City's defensive secondary is relatively weak. He's a bottom-end 
quarterback one at number 10 on my ranking. You know, if it was me and I was the coach of the San Francisco 49ers, I would get Matt Breda and I would say, look, we're going to run you really bad. We're going to run you a lot. We're going to run you like every play. Our goal is to keep Mahomes off the field. Matt Breda checking in at number 20 this week, still in a little bit of a timeshare, but I think he's the the solid guy. He's the guy you want, and he's number 20 on my rankings. The Chiefs, wow. The Chiefs are just loaded everywhere, and you got to go with Kareem Hunt. He's an an RB1. He's a number nine on my rankings this week. Spencer Ware really hasn't had any touches, and that's really surprising to me. I thought they would get him involved in the mix. This is a guy who just over a year ago was considered the starter going into the season. So that's really alarming. I look for them to somehow, someway, start to get him involved in the action. Tyreek Hill. This guy's incredible. He's the fastest guy in the NFL. Uh, I think him and and, and Breda are in some sort of tussle over the moniker Cheetah. You know how Fitzpatrick and Minka Fitzpatrick are are battling. Minka Fitzpatrick got the trademark for uh, its magic. Well, I think there's going to be a trademark war for the Cheetah here. Tyreek Hill lashing out at Breda on Twitter saying that there's only one Cheetah in the NFL, and that's him. And, you know, I'm such an old guy. I thought he was saying Cheater, and I was looking to New England. I was trying to figure out the connection there, but he was saying Cheetah. But, you know, the receivers, Tyreek Hill, I I would love to have this guy. Travis Kelsey, top top tight end. I I think he's a top tight end. Second only to Gronk, but Gronk didn't look too good last week. Look for him to bounce back this week. I got Travis Kelsey number two, and I like Kittle. I like George Kittle. I liked him a couple years ago as as a dark horse, as a sleeper guy, as a dynasty and keeper guy, and here he is paying dividends. My number six tight end on the rankings this week. So a lot of fantasy points this week, lots of action in this game. I'm really looking forward to this, but I think the Chiefs win. Yeah, I, I got the Chiefs in this one winning this game. I, this is going to be exciting for me. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait to see this. I, I mean, this this is going to be a good game. This is a game that you definitely want to watch. You got Jimmy G and Pat Mahomes, and who would have thunk that Pat Mahomes would be as good as he is right now? I didn't bet against him when people were like, ah, I don't know if I want to draft him in fantasy. I didn't go that far, but I definitely wasn't sitting here going, yeah, I'm going to take this guy, and he's going to be my starter every week, and this, that, and the other. He is in, he's been insane the first couple of weeks. If he keeps this up, then he is, the, the team is a dark horse. The Kansas City Chiefs will emerge as a dark horse. Keep in mind that Denver is also 2-0 in the AFC West, and they won both of those games close at home. Who would have known if they would have won it on the road? They haven't been on the road yet, but they beat the Seahawks, so they beat the Raiders. The Seahawks can't wait to get back home to the 12th man as they are 0-2 to start the season. But to get to San Francisco and the fantasy value of this, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in for me as a mid-range quarterback two in this week. Matt Breda, definitely a running back one to me in this week coming off of what now again, he did that against Detroit, but we know that Kansas city hasn't played a ton of defense. So I like Matt Breda in this Alfred Morris 
I would look to him if they're going to really try to run the ball and bounce it back and forth. Alfred Morris could be a flex guy for you. I still see him as a low end too because he hasn't done anything, and he's on one of my fantasy rosters. I'm not impressed. Outside of that, um, we look at Marquise Goodwin. Got to watch him on the injury report, but if he is good to go, he's somebody to look to. Uh, Dante Pettis, the, those guys, I, I still put them as core, as wide receiver threes. I'm not sold on them for the game. Garrett Selleck, the old man, he got it done this past week. He got a ch- touchdown. George Kittle did not. But I would say if there's anybody you're going to play on San Francisco, it's Matt Breda, maybe Alfred Morris as a handcuff, or maybe him in a flex-type position because of Kansas City's lack of defense as far as allowing points to be scored. But on Kansas City, it's Pat Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. If you have a Spencer Ware or a Sammy Watkins, only if you need to. There is going to come a time where one of them is going to break free. I think this might be the week that Spencer Ware breaks free for something. But in my opinion, if it's who I'm saying stamp on it, if I'm putting my stamp of approval, it's Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. I agree with Mike. I've said this during the week. I've said it recently in a conversation. Tyreek Hill is is the fastest. No one's even close. He's the fastest person in the NFL. Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Pat Mahomes. Holy Mahomes. I love it. I think it's, you know, it, it's it's just, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to trademark it now, Mike. So, so write down today's date, September 20th, 2018. It is 11 o'clock on the dot. Write this down because I'm copywriting this. If Pat Mahomes continues to do everything he's doing and skyrocket his stats and have and be good on his completion percentage, not throw a lot of interceptions and consistently throw touchdowns, then I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have a name for him going off of, of Home Alone, and it's going to be Mahomes Alone, and that's going to mean that Pat Mahomes is atop everybody in the quarterback region of fantasy by himself. So write it, copyright it today. Mahomes Alone is going to be my thing if he keeps it going, and I hope he does. I like it. They could take a picture of him up close with his hands on both cheeks, making a big, oh, you know, <laughs> you know that'd be great. I I like it. I say you take it and run with it. I like it. All right. Mahomes alone. I'm taking it. It's mine. It belongs to nobody else. So, you know, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. They're going to make things fun because the Jaguars are doing their thing. The Patriots look a little bit shaky coming out of that game. And there's a lot of, you know, there's yelling on the sideline. There's a book coming out soon. Kind of interesting stuff going on. We'll get to that. The Oakland Raiders against the Miami Dolphins. My buddy Jason Lucas is going to be losing his mind in this game because he's a Dolphins fan and his wife is a Raiders fan. And so he cheers on the Raiders so that he doesn't get in trouble with the wife. This game, he's going to be schizophrenic, I think. What do you think about this one? Well, you know, traditionally when left coast teams come to the East Coast and play one o'clock games, it doesn't go well. Well, this is the Raiders, and they just brought in John Gruden and paid him a ton of money, like $10 million a year, $100 million on a 10-year contract. They're going to Miami for the 1 o'clock game. So what has changed? Nothing. They're going to get blown out in this one. And worse yet, it's by the Dolphins. The Raiders just can't seem to get it going. 
Derek Carr, I think he has one touchdown with 591 yards. I mean, the yards are all right, but they're not scoring. The defense isn't stopping people. You know, they're on the news going, I don't understand. We can't rush the passer. Well, you just let Khalil Mack walk out the door. And now you wonder why you can't rush the passer? The Raiders, you're a wreck. It's going to take a while. Maybe when you move to Vegas, you'll put it all on black and bet it one time, and hopefully you'll you'll get paid. Look, in this game, you're going to take some starters on both sides. There's not going to be a ton of fantasy points. It's going to be a sloppy, bad, badly played football game, in my opinion. You know, I, I, I don't think you can take Derek Carr. He's a number 25 quarterback on my ranking. And Ryan Daniel, not much better. He's a number 18 quarterback on my ranking. So not a lot of good quarterback play fantasy wise and you know what running back wise you think the beast would go into beast no i haven't really seen beast mode much this year i haven't seen much of anything from the raiders this year you know and the flip side on the flip side looking at the running back for miami it, well, you know what let, let, let me go back a little bit let me digress hey you know Marshawn Lynch is worthy of being out there as number 19 quarterback on my rankings this week. But, you know, I don't even know if he's going to get that high. That's awful generous on my part. And Kenyon Drake, he's the guy you want to have in this game. He's the one guy who can run the ball on either team. I got him as the number 16 running back, not much higher than Marshawn Lynch. So, Again, it's it's kind of wishy-washy. It's kind of bittersweet. It's kind of mediocre. It's kind of eh. You know, like I could do better. See, a lot of people would be would be happy with that. Well, there's 32 teams, and my guy's halfway up the chart. No, you don't want to be halfway up the chart. You want to be halfway up the chart in your league size. So that's what a lot of people don't understand. Well, he's a top 10 guy. Well, that's great. He's top 10. You're in an eight-man league. Now what? You know what I mean? It doesn't do you any good. If you're a, if you're a 12 man league, you want all your guys to be in the top 12. That's why you draft. That's why you listen to us. That's why you follow my waiver wire advice. That's why you win. And if you're not winning, you may want to look in the mirror and check yourself and make sure you're doing things that promote winning. You know, it's easier said than done. I know, but you can do it. You can do it by putting a guy like Kenny Stills out there. He's my number 21 receiver this week. He's the one sole bright spot that's come out of nowhere for Miami. And as far as Oakland goes, I don't know if I can count on Amari Cooper. I don't know. I, I I haven't seen any real big connections with Jordy Nelson. I don't see a lot. The one guy who's doing something is Jared Cook. Jared Cook is a number eight tight end. Now, I'm excited to see Mike Gusecki on the other side of the ball, but I really haven't seen much of that. And as far as the Miami receivers, well, Devontae Parker's been hurt. Kenny Stills is that one guy. So I think if there's some value, it's in Kenny Stills, it's in Kenyon Drake, and maybe Marshawn Lynch. Not a lot of fantasy points in a sloppy game that's going to be won by Miami. Yeah, I got Miami in this one as well. I, I don't I don't think that the Oakland Raiders, I mean, they haven't looked great. And like you said, and I and this is another conversation I just had. Khalil Mack, why? What? And, 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 and allegedly, John Gruden never sat down with him one time. One time. Never sat down. It was a power move. Never sat down with him one time. To, to some people, he was regarded as the greatest 
option in the entire NFL draft a few seasons ago of every single position put together in a giant basket, he was the best player in the draft, Khalil Mack. One of the best pass rushers. What he's done in Chicago is make Chicago look like Chicago again. Chicago hasn't had a good defense in a very long time. It's been egregious. It's been disgusting, distasteful. It's been wrong. It's been so long since Chicago has done anything, and Khalil Mack goes there, and all of a sudden, look at what he's doing. But the Oakland Raiders, what do they say? Hey, we got two number one picks. They're stupid. We're going to have drafts in the future. You're not winning right now. It doesn't look good right now. Like you said, maybe they're going to Vegas and betting it all on black. But right now, black is not coming up. It's not coming up that way. I'm seeing red when I'm seeing the Oakland Raiders. I'm not seeing a team that has it together. I know that Chucky is trying to make it happen and do what he's got to do. And bless his heart, he endorsed the show. I got to interview him and speak with him. And I like being around John Gruden. But I would ask him if I was around him right now, what was the deal with getting rid of Khalil Mack? It kind of makes me feel like Seinfeld. What's the deal? I mean, that's where I get to in this moment. So who do I like in this game? Derek Carr? Eh, not really. Not a big fan of of Derek Carr in this matchup. Amari Cooper is underwhelming. Jordy Nelson has been underwhelming. Marshawn Lynch, she does a few things here and there, but he doesn't catch out of the backfield. He's a true running back. So if I'm going to put anybody, Marshawn Lynch, I'd say a low-end running back too. Not really fond of anybody else on the offense. Maybe Jared Cook. Maybe Jared Cook is a tight end too because in an emergency situation on the road, that's where Derek Carr may go to. On Miami's side of things, Kenyon Drake, not a bad play out there. Kenyon Drake in this game, I think he can do some good things. Kenny Stills, I like Kenny Stills in the game. And, I mean, I think Miami's going to win it, but fantasy value, I don't see a ton of it for either team in this matchup. Derek Carr, to me, I just, in this match, maybe maybe a quarterback too. I don't see too much going on here. So, so Mike, for those of us that are, that are playing the home game here. You and I have been through a few games right here, and you are, you just took the Dolphins, and I am also taking the Dolphins in this matchup, and we will continue to do that. And just so everybody knows, our picks go up. My picks, Mike's picks, as well as Jordan and John's, every single week go up on the website. You go to wakeupcalldt.com. Under the Fantasy Football tab, it says NFL Predictions. It's as simple as that. Or you can go to wakeupcalldt.webs.com backslash NFL-predictions, and you're going to find it there too. The NFL, And we put links on Facebook and Twitter. You can check out our NFL predictions for every single game, every single week. And in green are the ones that we got correct, and obviously the ones that are in white are the ones that are incorrect. So we both chose the Dolphins in this one. Before we take our final fast break of the show, Mike, let's – Let's get another one in here, and that's going to be Cincinnati and Carolina. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I definitely like Cam because Cam likes him some Cam. You've heard me say that again, but it's the truth. You know, I think Carolina is going to win simply because they have the home field advantage. I think this is a balanced attack, but, you know, Bengals are without a, a key component here, and I'll get to that in a second. But I like Cam Newton as a number three quarterback this week. You know, this is a guy who can run it in. Oh, and last week he threw for 300 yards. I think he has that capability again this week. I think he has those type of numbers in him. I think you're going to get a couple touchdowns out of him. Now, ironically, 
you're going to ask yourself, who is he throwing the ball to? Well, it's McCaffrey. Easy head son, number 10. Number 10 on my rankings this week, that is. Christian McCaffrey, if you're in a PPR league, he's up a little higher than that. So an RB1 on either side. And you know what? Joe Mixon is dinged up. So this is going to be the Giovanni Bernard show. They're going to bring Mark Walton, the rookie. They're going to bring him into the fold. I'm anxious to see what he can do. But I'm really anxious to see what the other quarterback's going to do, Andy Dalton. This is a guy who one minute he looks like a world beater, the next minute he looks like the world beat him. Andy Dalton, my number 23 quarterback on the road in Carolina this week. I think the Carolina secondary is going to step up and make life difficult for him. They're going to make life difficult for him running the ball as well because, well, let's face it. Joe Mixon's not there. They don't have another Joe Mixon unless Mark Walton steps on the field and starts tearing it up, which I don't think that's going to be the case because I think he would have already been on the field and already have been tearing it up. You know, I'm real excited, though, to see A.J. Green, consummate professional, always up there. He's always a wide receiver one every time he steps on the field. John Ross, one of the fastest guys out there. You can't play him yet, but he's exciting to – to, 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 to look at for the future, for dynasty, for uh, I, I keeper leagues, what have you. But you know what? Tyler Eifert is starting to come back a little bit, and I like that a lot. I like the fact that, you know, he's had a bunch of injuries. He's still a tight end, too, in my book, but this is a guy who can get it done. And you know what? Carolina's missing Greg Olson bad. They really don't have the guy there to take his place. Maybe it's an Ian Thomas, but I haven't really seen much there. So, you know, they're going to rely on those receivers. And the receivers they're relying on in Carolina, well, it's quite simple. Devin Funches is the number one receiver, but I don't think he's a true number one. DJ Moore looks good. If you're in a league that gives you return yards, they're trying to get the ball into DJ Moore's hands every time they can. So that's definitely a guy you want to look at, DJ Moore. Uh, Torrey Smith was sent there to stretch the field, and I think he's been doing that. He just hasn't really been showing out on his own, so I don't think you can play him yet either. So I think Carolina's going to win this one. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points in this game. I think it's going to be more defense. I think Cincinnati's going to have trouble moving the ball without Joe Mixon. Look for Carolina to win. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I think there's going to be the opportunity for offense on both sides. And with Cincinnati at Carolina in the matchup, for me, you know, I think starting over on Cincinnati's side, I think that, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, A.J. Green, obviously Andy Dalton is doing a little bit better than I would anticipate he would do. I got him as a as a kind of like mid-range quarterback one I don't want to say he's a high-end one in this one but I don't think that Carolina's defense really poses too much of a threat so I do like Andy Dalton in this game and he has he has done some good things recently here and with Joe Mixon going down here and out for week three with a knee injury that leaves the the door wide open for this team to pass the ball more than they run it in my opinion Tyler Boyd did some good things so I would say Boyd is a wide receiver too. A.J. Green, obviously a one. Andy Dalton, I would look to him to be a mid-range one, maybe a little bit higher. And then on Carolina's side, Cam Newton, Mike and I have echoed each other's sentiments about Cam Newton. We've both said separately that Cam Newton loves himself some Cam Newton. And when in doubt, Cam Newton calls his own number. 
So because we both said it on separate occasions, we both agree on it, and we both are here today saying it is no different. Cam Newton is Cam Newton. He will call his number when push comes to shove. And like I told you, the best option of any fantasy value on Carolina besides Cam Newton is Christian McCaffrey because he can run the ball, but he's not a true runner. He is a guy who can run and catch. And when you're a true runner like Jonathan Stewart, you get lost in the mix of a quarterback who likes to take off. Christian McCaffrey is that guy that he can dump a 2-yard 2, a 10-yard 2, a 70-yard 2. He'll find him somewhere in the field, and it's worked out in the second season for Christian McCaffrey. So I like Cam. I like Christian McCaffrey. I still like DJ Moore, but he's like a wide receiver 4 for me this week, and I'm not sold on Devin Funches. I'm going to go with Carolina because they're at home. So, Mike, before we take a step aside really quick here, I want to get your thoughts. So Jets and Browns, we both chose the Browns, correct? And then Saints and Falcons, you you chose Falcons, I chose Saints. Mm -hmm. We both went Vikings, we both went Chiefs, we both went Dolphins, and in this one we're both going Panthers. Sounds right. All right, so we will take a step aside here for a fast break. We're airing our picks on the website live in the moment right now, so you'll be able to see them right after the show. And we will be back after this fast break listening to these great partners we have in Central and Upstate New York. And we will talk with you about the rest of Week 3 in the NFL in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. The Fantasy Football Power Hour typically puts us over, and that's okay because you need to get the information on every single team, every single game, every matchup, every week, and that's always going to be here with you with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com and myself, Dan Tortora of Wake up call dt.com you can check out the fantasy football tab that has the fantasy football page you can click on and all the tabs underneath it that have rankings and predictions and a little bit of everything the show archive and all that good stuff so thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast and god bless you as always proudly brought to you by the wildcat sports pub and pen and trophy center is how we bring you the fantasy football power hour which always becomes the power hours here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. The next matchup that we have on the docket as Mike and I are telling you who to play for fantasy and at the same time making our picks on our NFL prediction page, which you can see who's been right, who's been wrong, and the fact that there's been a tie each week means that we all have a record with two ties, which is pretty crazy as well. So you'll get to see that all on wakeupcalldt.com under the fantasy football tab. Click on NFL predictions. It's as easy as that. Or you can just click on it on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT or Twitter at Call DT when we post it. Colts at Eagles, Mr. Sofka. Andrew Luck is back. He kind of sometimes looks okay. And the Eagles are coming off of a loss to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who thinks that he's an 80s pimp. What do you think about this one? Yeah, well, this should be the return of Carson Wentz. I think that uh, they eased him back in, gave him the first couple weeks off. They want to. You know, no sense rushing the franchise back, you know, especially when you had Nick Foles. But Nick Foles wasn't the Nick Foles of the playoff run in the Super Bowl of last year. He hasn't really been getting it done. But, you know, Carson Wentz, I think he's going to be okay. I got him as a high-end quarterback one. And on the other side of the coin, I got Andrew Luck, similar situation, just back from long-term injury. And, you know, I, I he's right there with Carson Wentz quarterback this week so I look for a mid-level number of points to be scored in this game the total is around 48 that's about right for most NFL games I I gotta like Philly in this one though because I think team-wise they're just a better overall team I mean when you look at who they have although Jay Ajayi is dinged up this week not sure if he's gonna play Darren Sproles the old man also dinged up a bit. Not sure how much action he's going to see this week. We could see a healthy dose of Corey Clement. So he may not be available, but if he is, go out there and get him, play him in daily this week. It's possible we could see an appearance by Wendell Smallwood as well. You know, and on the other side of the ball, I, I, I wish I could say that Marwin Mack is tearing it up or that Jordan Wilkins took advantage of Marwin Mack being out. You know, I, I don't really think you can count on any of those guys. I don't really like any of the running backs in this game for much in fantasy this week. Maybe a Corey Clement as a as a flex, maybe as a as a low end RB three, and definitely a daily fantasy play for some value. 
you know, wide receivers where the money's at right now. You know, you got T.Y. Hilton. He's always the number one tight end in, in Indianapolis, tight end, wide receiver in Indianapolis, but he's only number 14 on my list this week. And you would think, well, that's because Philly's defense. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick lit them up last week. I just haven't seen that yet from T.Y. and Andrew Luck. I have confidence it's there, and it may be there in this game. It's just I haven't seen it yet. So T.Y. checks in at number 14. And, you know, the receivers around him, Ryan Grant, seems to have a lot of upside. People are excited about him. And Eric Ebron, the touchdown tight end. If you're in a touchdown-only league, that's the guy you want. If you're in a weird-scoring yardage-only league, well, Doyle's the guy you want. So they're kind of splitting things. They're number 12 and 13 on my tight end rankings this week. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, though, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is the number one tight end. I thought we'd see a little more Dallas Goder by now, but we haven't really seen that yet. He has the capability. He has the size. He could be a red zone target, just not yet. And I don't know who else to play in this one. I think it's just going to, I think it's going to be the Eagles bouncing back. I think they're going to have a home victory. I think it's going to be good for Carson Wentz and look for both of these teams to try to kind of build on something to continue on the mend as their leaders of their teams, their quarterbacks, are able to get back into full swing of things. But look for the Eagles to get the home victory. Yeah, you know, the Eagles, they got a good they got a good backup quarterback. He won a Super Bowl, Nick Foles, and they obviously are very excited and have been anticipating the return of Carson Wentz since before all this stuff went down in the Super Bowl and even before that. So, you know, in this matchup, you know, if anything happens, God forbid that Nick Foles is there. And with Carson Wentz and what Carson Wentz is able to do, there's a lot of positives to say about him. I mean, he could be rusty coming back, but he's one of those quarterbacks that I like. So, you know, in the sense of what he can do, and he's not one of the ones I worry about when he come, when he's coming back into this thing. You know, this guy's got to knock the rust off. This guy's got to do this and do that. Carson Wentz is one of those guys that I think can come back and can play well and throw a couple touchdowns in a game, throw three touchdowns in a game and and make it happen. So I give him some credit. I know that fans are extremely happy to have him back. Injury-wise, to take a look at the Indianapolis Colts, the road team first, there's a lot of receivers on the injury report, but the guys you got to look at are T.Y. Hilton with a quad injury, Jack Doyle with a hip injury, and Marlon Mack with a hamstring injury. None of them practiced on Wednesday. And then as far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, Mike brought it up. The Philadelphia Eagles, Jay Ajayi, as he has a back injury, didn't practice on Wednesday. Elshon Jeffrey was limited with a shoulder injury on Wednesday. And we uh, Darren Sproles' hamstring injury did not practice. So in this matchup, in my opinion, on what you should look at for fantasy value, I'm not sold on Andrew Luck. I think there's going to be some inner interceptions thrown at least one interception thrown in this game Jordan Wilkins I think that they're gonna they're gonna key in on Jordan because he hasn't taken full advantage he hasn't done extremely well and despite the way they played against Tampa Philly's supposed to have a pretty good defense so they, you know the key word is supposed to but they did win a Super Bowl they did return the, some of those guys obviously so if T.Y. Hilton's healthy to play I look to T.Y. 
but I don't have him as a high-end one this week. I don't like any other wide receiver on there. That's why he's not a high-end one, because they can cheat over his way and watch him. And then as far as the running backs, when it comes to when it comes to the Colts, uh, Jordan Wilkins, I think they're going to key in on him. I think Naheem Hines, who came out of NC State, and I had the opportunity of covering him when he was in college with my ACC coverage. I think that he may not have a lot of yards, but he may have a touchdown in this game. If you have to dig deep, if somebody got hurt and you have to go for someone, he could be a flex guy for you. But I'm not a big fan outside of T.Y. Hilton for anybody on the Indianapolis Colts in this matchup. As far as Philadelphia goes, I like Carson Wentz in this game. I like Corey Clement because Corey Clement has been able to score in the first couple weeks, even with Jay Ajayi out there. So I do like Corey Clement. I have picked him up, and I do think he's worth it. I like Nelson Aguilar in the game as well, and I would consider Kamar Aiken. Consider him. I I have a feel he might get looked at a little bit, especially if Elshon Jeffrey's out. But Nelson Aguilar would be the next man up, so I feel good about those guys going into this. Aguilar, Clement, and Wentz with an outside look at Kamar Aiken if you have to go get somebody and you have to, you know, take a kind of roll the dice on a player this week. Packers at the Redskins. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this should be a good game. This should be a good game for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if Indianapolis was able to basically blank the Redskins and make, you know, Indianapolis look like they're fully back to Peyton Manning's Super Bowl days, you know, this is something that Aaron Rodgers can take advantage of even while he's hobbled by the knee injury. He's my number five quarterback this week. And, you know, for Washington, well, I wish they had a quarterback that ranked that high. Alex Smith, Alex Smith, number 19 quarterback on my rankings. I'm not sure that they're able to put things together, even though Adrian Peterson's been able to get things done there. You know, it's been the passing that's been, you know, deficient. Adrian Peterson looks pretty good. He's a number 17 running back on my rankings. And this should be the week Aaron Jones comes back. But, you know, he's he's been, you know, told that he's going to be the number two guy behind Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams. So it should be an opportunity for these guys to, to step up, hopefully. And we could see Aaron Jones for the first time this year. You know, receiver-wise, I, I, I think you definitely got to give the edge to the Packers. You know, I, I, I like Devontae Adams. He's a low-end wide receiver one for me. Uh, you know, I'm not I, I'm not sure they have Geronimo Allison who can really make an impact for you. Maybe as a wide receiver three or, or in a deeper league of four. Randall Cobb seems to be able to bust a big play every time he touches the ball. The key is getting him the ball. And then Jimmy Graham's kind of all but disappeared in the regular season. He looked pretty good in the preseason, but I think that connection's starting to come back for him and Rodgers. I got him as the number five tight end looking at what Indianapolis was able to do out of the tight end position last week. And, you know, as far as the Redskins go, Jordan Reed is still healthy. And that's a big plus. Jordan Reed is the guy you want on the field when he's healthy. He's my number four tight end and for Washington the receivers Jamison Crowder might be the guy but he's right way down he's like my number 30 receiver this week so I don't know if you can count on a receiver from the Redskins until Alex Smith and those receivers start to make an impact and start to show me something they're all kind of downgraded I look for Green Bay to go into Washington and win this game yeah, I'm going to say Green Bay winning this game as well in in Washington. Washington did little to nothing 
when the Colts came to visit them. And, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, this Week 2 game, you know, the Colts, who I don't think have been playing great football, and I don't really find them to be a threat in the AFC South as of right now. You know, when we look at the matchup that they had most recently when they went on the road and played in Washington, Washington only amounted nine points against the Colts. And I think Green Bay, you know, even though their defense is not really there, they do have a strong offense and they have some good things to put forward. So, you know, as Mike said, Aaron Jones with the opportunity to come back now, you know, they haven't figured out really what the hell they're doing running the ball. Aaron Rodgers, knee, MCL, didn't practice on Wednesday, but we know that he played in this last game. So as long as he is good to go, he is worth the play, obviously, for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, I like. I like Devontae Adams. I like the potential of Randall Cobb or Geronimo Allison. If I had to put my feet to the fire, I think Allison's going to score a touchdown in this, Geronimo Allison, and I think Devontae Adams is your best bet at the wide receiver position. You should know that already. Aaron Rodgers, I like. Jimmy Graham, I told people, I'm not sold on him. I haven't liked him since he left New Orleans, and that still hasn't changed. I'm not sold on Jimmy Graham. You know, maybe he'll go and get a touchdown in Washington because it seems easier to play Washington and do that stuff, but I'm just, I'm not sold on him. As far as Washington goes, I like Chris Thompson. The man is a running back and a wide receiver. He led the team in receiving this past week. I like Chris Thompson. It's an easy one for me. Adrian Peterson looked like he did when he went to the Saints and he was garbage. 1.8 yards a carry this past week. I don't think he's going to do well in this game. I don't think he's going to be big in this game. I look to Jamison Crowder. I look to, as a flex guy, I look to Doxon as a flex guy, and I look to Chris Thompson as a guy who's worthy of being one of your running backs in the grand scheme of things because he is a running back and a wide receiver. That's how I look at it. I'm picking Green Bay to win the matchup. Next one up we have are the Titans at the Jaguars. Last year, when the Jaguars went on to win 12 games on the season and multiply their, multiply their total from the season before to last season by four, from three wins to 12 wins and a shot at the Super Bowl, the one of the games they lost in was at home against those pesky Tennessee Titans. So the Jaguars, who had a very, very, very strong season last season, did have a loss at home to Tennessee, and that was 37-16. to They didn't get blown out like that by really anybody. That was a 21-point loss. What do you think about it this time around, Mike? Yeah, well, Tennessee's arguably Jacksonville's biggest rivalry going back to the days of the 90s. You know, Jacksonville basically went undefeated one year with three losses. All three losses, including the AFC Championship game, which I attended, was to the Titans. And it's disappointing, you know, when you have those results. But, you know, the, the the worm has turned now, and it looks like Jacksonville's team with the advantage. You know, even though Tennessee has a highly touted quarterback from a few years ago, Marcus Mariota, he's been dinged up and hurt. They're not even sure if he's going to play this week again. Uh, you know, I think he is going to play. He's a low, low, lowly ranked quarterback going up against Jacksonville. Even Tom Brady struggled a little bit. So, you know, you can't play Marcus Mariota again, even if he's healthy. You just you, you can't do it. You know, and on the other side of the ball, I think Blake Bortles has a better opportunity. But 
again, he's a mid-level quarterback for me. He's number 16 on my ranking, so I'm sure there's better options out there. But, you know, you can't argue with the success he's had. He had kind of a coming-out party against New England. That could be a career-defining moment, so we'll see how he continues to build off that. You know, running-wise, Leonard Fournette's supposed to be back this week, still dealing with the hamstring strain. You know, they're going to ease him back in, so they're going to probably limit his touches, although they won't say that. He comes in as the number 15 running back on my rankings because of that. Derrick Henry hasn't been able to do much on the other side of the ball. It's been mostly Deion Lewis. If you have Deion Lewis and you're in a PPR league, that's the preferred play. Both those guys are ranked in the in the low 20s to 30 range on my rankings, so I don't think you can really re- rely on either one of them much more than a RB3 or a flex possibility with the lean toward Deion Lewis. And, uh, you know, right, right receiver-wise, Keelan Cole, what a catch last week, Odell Beckham Jr. style. He's just a wait, 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 Keelan Cole style. Continue. Okay. <laughs> Keelan Cole style. And, 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 you know, he's building on what the Jags believed in when, when, when Marquise Lee went down. They knew he had it in him to step up and be the number one guy. And, and he has. You know, we, we've seen him make a conservative effort to get the ball into DJ Chark, to D.D. Westbrook, to Dante Moncrief. But the guy who has shined has been Keelan Cole. And, and he's, he, you know, deservedly so. He comes in as a number 28 receiver. You know, he hasn't shined where he's an elite receiver yet, but he did have a coming out party, a breakout game against the Patriots with Blake Bortles, number 28 on my rankings this week. They're waiting for Corey Davis to show up, but a lot of that has to do with the quarterback woes they're they're having in Tennessee. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to have a good receiver. It's just the way it goes. Corey Davis still you can't really play this guy unless it's an emergency situation he's more of a wide receiver four or five on my rankings here and tight end wise Austin Severian Jenkins may get a touchdown here he's not a big yardage guy number 17 on my touchdown rankings and you know on the other side of the ball there you know I'd like to say that you know Tennessee has it going on but you know I haven't seen much haven't seen much since Delaney Walker went down. It was supposed to be Janu Smith. We'll see what happens. I don't think you can count on a tight end from Tennessee. Look for the Jaguars to win big in this game and follow up on that big victory they had last week against New England. The Jaguars, folks. Last season, they played the Tennessee Titans in Week 2 at home. This season, it's Week 3 at home. So they have them at home in a three-game home stint. They started off at the Giants, then were home at the game that I was on lo- on-site on location covering the Patriots game, first game at home of the season. That was their homecoming. Then they have the Titans this weekend. Then they have the Jets before they eventually will go back onto the road. So this three-game home stint right in the middle are the Titans. The Titans found a way to get them last time. Here's the thing that's crazy. The Titans won the game, but Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette, and Alan Hearns, who was on the team back then, they were the leaders in the entire game. So no Tennessee wide receiver, running back, or quarterback led in this game. All of those numbers offensively went to Jacksonville, even though Tennessee won the game by 21 
points. So the Jacksonville Jaguars in this matchup, got to let you know about what's going on on the injury report. There's a bunch of guys. Uh, Brandon Wilds has an illness. You probably won't see him if Leonard Fournette's coming back, though. Austin Safarian Jenkins has an abdomen injury, didn't practice on Wednesday. He brought it in this game. He blamed the interception on himself. It's the only one that Blake Bortles threw. You heard my interview with him and his very nice Christian mouth that he had. To, no, I'm kidding. So I, I shouldn't say Christian. He has he has somewhat of a potty mouth, and I realized that very quickly in my first conversation ever with him after the Patriots game as he was not happy about the Patriots, nor was he happy about the fan base around it and just the thoughts on the game. So, And you got to remember, folks, he played the Patriots two times a season when he was a Jet. TJ Yeldon has an ankle injury, didn't practice on Wednesday, and then Leonard Fournette has a hamstring injury, limited practice this past Wednesday. So watch all those. Cam Robinson, the offensive tackle on the left side, he is on injured reserve after tearing his ACL in that game. So taking his place will be probably... James Madison's Josh Wells, who's in his fourth season in the NFL, he filled in for Cam Robinson for the majority of the game, and you wouldn't even know that Cam Robinson wasn't there. That's how well Josh Wells played. So big shout-out and congratulations to Josh Wells as this team, you know, this Jacksonville Jaguars team, the next-man-up approach, if I could tell you anything – Doug Marone went through like 20 injuries in one of his seasons. He lost damn near every defensive back. All this stuff happened. All this stuff went down, and he still found a way to bring this team. And, yeah, they struggled, and they had their moments, but in four seasons he went to two bowl games and pushed the team to do something that they hadn't done in a very long time, let alone twice in in just a few seasons, and win those games, mind you. So with that being said, the next man up approach is in full effect and they got the right coach to handle that. On Tennessee's side, it might be the next man up approach because Blaine Gabbert did better things than Marcus Mariota, dare I say it. And we might see Blaine Gabbert play up against Blake Bortles, the guy who was supposed to be the franchise quarterback versus the guy who is trying to work his way into being that franchise quarterback that just got an extension but maybe will have an even bigger contract if he takes care of business this season. So I don't like the quarterbacks on Tennessee. Derrick Henry, not sold on this. Because they struggle throwing the ball, they could stack the box and get after Derrick Henry. Rashard Matthews, Corey Davis, I don't like anybody on Tennessee to play in this game. I like Jacksonville's defense and special teams. I like Blake Bortles as a high-end quarterback, too. Leonard Fournette is a is a high-end running back, too, low-end one if he plays. TJ Yeldon is a mid-range one to me because I think he can do some good things. I like Keelan Cole and Dante Moncrief in the game. And if you need flex, you need to go out and get somebody. D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Chark may be out there. Not bad guys to throw on the team just to see what they got because this ball is going to be spread around against Tennessee. But I like Moncrief and I like Cole in the game. And Austin Safarian Jenkins, if he's healthy, could be worth the play. I have him as a low-end one, high-end two in this matchup. Next one we got up, and and Mike, we're both picking the Jaguars, I think it's fair to say, right? Yes. Okay. Chargers at the Rams, the battle for L.A. Who's winning this one? Yeah, I definitely think it's the Rams. I, I like the Chargers, but, you know, the Rams are just a juggernaut. They're a buzzsaw. I don't see how the Chargers can get past them with the way they've been playing anyway. And 
Melvin Gordon might be a little bit dinged up. There's a lot to be discovered in this game here. And, you know, you got to wonder, can they fill the stadium? <laughs> Both LA teams here, they're, they have trouble filling the place. I, I, I don't think they're going to fill the stadium, and I don't think it's going to be an issue, even though it's at the Memorial Coliseum. It's a big place. I, I think it's going to be all Rams, and rightfully so. Up and down the roster, they're just solid. They're, I mean, Jared Goff. Some people say, well, maybe it's the talent around him, and, and I can see that point because there's a ton of talent around him. And I got him at great as the number seventeen quarterback this week. You can do better, you can do worse, but look, he's still a young quarterback, and he's not losing you games. He's being asked to distribute the ball to the playmakers, and that's what he's doing. Why put so much pressure on the quarterback? Why put so much pressure on a guy to win the game when you got all this other talent you can spread the ball around and make everybody better? And that's what they're doing in Los Angeles with the Rams. You know, you go to the other side of the coin there, you go with the Chargers, and it's all Phillip Rivers. But, you know, going up against this Rams defense that's so solid, they can get after you. They got good linebackers. They got an excellent secondary. They can pressure the quarterback. The defensive front is one of the best in football. Phillip Rivers checks in as the number 22 quarterback this week, so there might be a better option out there for you. I had mentioned before that Melvin Gordon might be a bit dinged up. Still checking in as the number eight running back this week. And, you know, Todd Gurley is just the man. He's a number one or number two quarterback on my rankings this week, depending on PPR standards. So you're not going to go wrong with Todd Gurley there. And you know what? Watch out for Austin Eckler, too. They've been getting him some touches. So look for a guy like that to maybe round out your roster cheaply, maybe on daily or maybe a, a cheap flex option for you. You know, I got him ranked as the number 38 running back this week. So I, I like I like what he's able to contribute. And, and look for... Look for the receivers here. The receivers have been big for both teams. Keenan Allen is is a number 15 receiver on my rankings this week. And Brandon Cook's number 13 on my rankings this week. And, you know, you're looking at both these teams. Mike Williams is a guy to really keep an eye on. High draft pick from a couple years ago. Got injured. Tyrell Williams stepped in, did a yeoman's job, picked up the pace. But, the roles are getting flipped and they're reversing here. Tyrell Williams back on his way down. Mike Williams back on his way up. So there's a guy for you. If he is still available in your league, that's a guy you want to target. I just can't highly rank him yet, uh, you know, especially in this game. And, you know, looking at the Rams, how can you forget Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup, number 29 receiver on my rankings. And then you follow that up with Robert Woods, number 31 on my rankings. So, you know, tight ends. Not so much on either team for the Chargers. Hunter Henry went down. Virgil Green's been stepping it up, even with the presence of Antonio Gates, who has done literally nothing. And Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, I I don't think you can count on either one of those guys. So the value is all in the running back and one or two receivers. And that's all you're going to get out of this game. But that's all you're going to need. I think it's going to be an average scoring game, but I think the Rams are going to win sizably. Yeah, I got the Rams in the battle for L.A. I got the, you know, I think that their defense is very strong. Again, they had 900 wide receivers on the team, and they they did the opposite of Tennessee. They got rid of a bunch of that, and then they went and spent money and brought in a bunch of players to bolster up their defense. They already have Aaron Donald, so I like it. I'm going to start on the the visiting side, as I always do. So for the Chargers in this game, I don't like Phillip Rivers in the matchup. 
Austin Eckler, if you need a flex guy, maybe a Keenan Allen out there. Melvin Gordon, watch to see his health, but I don't think he's going to have a good game. I like the Rams' defense and special teams in this one. I like Jared Goff in this game as a high-end quarterback, too. I like Gurley as a running back, one. I like Cooks. I like Woods. I like Cup in this game. I think everybody's going to have some fun. I don't look at the Chargers to play defense, so that's where we're at. We're going to run through these pretty quick, Mike. We got five more to go. Broncos at Ravens. What do you got? I'm sorry, you broke up there. Which game's next? Broncos, Ravens. <laughs> yeah, I like this game a lot, but I like it for all the wrong reasons. I like it for the defense. I think that this is going to be a relatively low-scoring affair because the Broncos can't seem to get things together. You know, I, Case Keenum has four interceptions, and, and, and I'm not sure he's going to be the answer at least until they get some production around him. And the production's been from the running backs, which has been surprising. But the Broncos are still 2-0, and so they're doing something right. But they're in Baltimore with that paralyzing defense. You know, it's amazing how some teams rebuild and the Ravens just seem to reload on the defensive side. They always seem to have a solid defense. So I'm definitely going to go with the Ravens to win this game. You know, if you're looking for quarterback play, you're not going to find it in this game. You're not going to find outstanding quarterback play. Both quarterbacks are in the 20s, arguably QB2, maybe low-end, high-end QB3, running back-wise. Alex Collins seems to be the one bright guy, the one bright spot, but even he's downgraded a little bit against that defensive front they got from Denver. He's the number 21 running back. And, you know, ironically, the thing with Denver, everybody was waiting on Royce Freeman. We got to see Royce Freeman. Devontae Booker was going to be the starter. Devontae Booker is a distant memory. Royce Freeman was supposed to get the start, but it's been a Philip Lindsay who's been out touching the other two running backs, and outperforming them as well. Phil Lindsay, number 25 on my rankings for running backs this week. And if they are able to get the ball to a Royce Freeman, he's number 40 on my rankings. So running back-wise, there's some decent value there. There's some guys that you know, you're going to get paid on for relatively a low price, especially in daily. And then wide receiver. You know, the old Demarius Thomas, well, Emmanuel Sanders looks a lot better, especially this week. Emmanuel Sanders probably going to get the number two corner, so I like him better than Demarius Thomas this week. As a matter of fact, I like Emmanuel Sanders as the number 24 wide receiver, and Demarius Thomas as the number 38 wide receiver. And, you know, I haven't really seen Jeff Auerman or Jake Butt step up enough to warrant a play in this game. And Baltimore, well, Baltimore had an embarrassing riches at tight end, but Hayden Hurst is hurt. Mark Andrews has battled to get back. Max Williams has showed up, but you can't really start any one of those guys. Crabtree seems to be on the way down. John Brown seems to be the one guy who's stepping up a little bit, but Flacco's got to get him the ball. So there's not a lot of value wide receiver or tight end wise there. So look for Baltimore to win this game in a relatively low scoring affair. It's going to be all Ravens. Yeah, you know what? I'm picking the Broncos in this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Broncos some love here in this matchup and say that they're gonna they're gonna make it happen. They're gonna get it going in this game. They're gonna go to three and zero. In this matchup, I don't like Baltimore's defense. I, I just, I don't. So, you know, for me, Phillip Lindsay is uh, right, running back two. Royce Freeman is a high-end running back three. 
Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. I look to put them out there in this matchup. This could be the game where Cortland Sutton gets his touchdown in his NFL first season. So I look to Cortland Sutton a little bit here. And then for the Baltimore Ravens on their side, Alex Collins in this matchup. I like him. I like John Brown because he's been able to score in his first couple weeks. So I do like that. But I don't think this is going to be a relatively crazy high-scoring game. And I do eventually believe that Lamar Jackson will do what I said should happen months ago, which is eventually take the job away from Joe Flacco this season. So you're going Broncos. I'm going Ravens. Giant. What? What'd you say? Hold up. I'm going Ravens. You're going Broncos. Oh, yeah. That's 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 what I meant. That's how I wrote it, Mike. I read it backwards today. I'm having a day. So, so I'm going Broncos. You're going Ravens. And then Giants at the Texans. What do you got? Yeah, we're all waiting for Eli to show up, and it's just not happening. It hasn't happened yet. Both 0-2 teams. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I look for Texas to win simply because they're at home, and the Giants can't seem to get out of their own way sometimes. And, you know, I, I, I don't think you're going to have tremendous play out of the quarterbacks either side for what they're capable of doing, but I still rank Deshaun Watson as a low-end quarterback, one at number 11, and Eli's number 28 on my rankings. I mean, that defensive front in Houston is just going to be too much for them, and the Giants are having trouble blocking, even though they're supposed to be this rebuilt, you know, phenomenon. It's it's, it's just not happening and until it does. You can't count on it. Saquon Barkley is going to shoulder the load for the Giants. I got him as the number five running back this week, and Lamar Miller's not far behind. He's an RB two at number fourteen. Dante Foreman still trying to get back into the fold. He's been banged up, so there's really not much behind Lamar Miller or Saquon Barkley on the bench to threaten to take any touches or carries or play time. DeAndre Hopkins, he's just a consummate professional. He's up there with A.J. Green and Julio Jones. This is an outstanding talent. DeAndre Hopkins, number five receiver on the rankings. Will Fuller looks to be climbing his way back, so hopefully that'll happen. Haven't really seen anything from the tight ends there. You know, I'm looking for a Ryan Griffin to step up, a, a Jordan Atkin to step up. I'm waiting for something to happen there, and I've seen bits and pieces, but you can't really start any tight end from that team. And on, as far as the Giants go, you know you got Odell, but they got to get the ball to Odell. It's been spotty. I still got a vote of confidence in on Odell, number seven wide receiver this week. I'm not sure you can go with many other Giants at the wide receiver. Maybe a Sterling Shepard and a wide receiver four situation if you go that deep. And I like Evan Ingram. I think he's the better tight end on the field in this game. He's a number nine tight end this week. I look for the Texans to finally get their first win, and I look for the Giants to go 0-3. All right, that coming from Mike. We're going to go quickly through these last three games, but let me give you my thing really quick here. The Giants... Their only hope to anything is Saquon Barkley. The rush wasn't working against the Cowboys, so they threw it to him 16 times, almost twice as many times as they threw to Odell Beckham Jr. He caught 14 of them and had 80 yards to lead the team with Odell being a little bit more quiet. In this game, I think Odell is worth the play, though, because they're playing the Texans' defense, and I like Saquon Barkley in the game. That's all on the side of that. Evan Ingram, if he's healthy, I would look to him, but he is a mid-range tight end, too. I don't know if he's going to score this week.
The Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, high-end quarterback too. Not a bad play. DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller the fifth are both on the injury report for ankle and hamstring respectively. If they're good to go, I do think they're worth the play. I'm going to go with the Giants on the road because I think Saquon's going to break for at least one, if not two touchdowns. Patriots at the Lions. We're going to run these quick. Matt Patricia is playing host to Bill Belichick, and Patricia hasn't been able to guard anything. What do you think about this? Yes, yeah, this is the old student versus the teacher thing, and I think the teacher is going to win. You know, you know, it's kind of like what I taught my brother when he was growing up in athletics when he used to think he was uh, – you know, able to get at a point where he could beat me. Well, you know, I taught him everything he knows. I didn't teach him everything I know. And that's what Belichick has going for him. The coaching tree from Belichick doesn't do very well, but Belichick seems to continue to do very well. Tom Brady, number two quarterback on my rankings this week. Matt Stafford, number 12. Uh, Running back-wise, you know, the, the Patriots need to find that one guy. They, they're trying desperately, so I don't think you can really start any of them. Maybe a James White is number 27. Uh, maybe a Rex Burkhead, number 31 on my rankings this week. And as far as the Lions go, the Lions are trying desperately to get something going in a running game. They want on Johnson. They want Theo Reddick. None of these guys are showing up yet. Amir Abdullah, where are these guys? What's going on? Who's running the ball? Nobody's running the ball. That's why they're having a problem, and that's why they're struggling. And, you know, a wide receiver-wise, Josh Gordon, the big hype train, he is there. Look for him to step on the field and stretch the field. Look for him to continue to stretch the field throughout the year. You know, the, yeah, he's new to the team, just got here a couple days ago. But you know what? He can run the route tree. He can fly. He can move. Even though he's dinged up that hamstring a little bit, look for him to get limited action. You can't really play him yet. I got to see it first. You know, maybe if you're feeling, you know, dangerous and you want to play him in daily, I, I can see that. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, the Lions, well, what do they have going for him? Golden Tate and Marvin Jones? Well, that's all fine and dandy if Matt Stafford can give him the ball. Matt Stafford, number 12 on my rankings this week. So I think that they're going to be able to get the ball in the hands of the receivers. Golden Tate, number 16 on my rankings. Marvin Jones, number 20. I think they're going to have to move the ball. And I think Detroit's going to have to counter. So I got a Kenny Galladay checking in at number 25. And, and you know, I'm excited to see some air. I'm excited to see some talent on the field airing it out. Chris Hogan, I expect to have a game, and I look for Gronk to have the biggest bounce-back game. Number one tight end on the rankings again this week, and you know what? Detroit wishes they had a guy like that. I look for the Patriots to go into Detroit and own the Lions in a high-scoring affair. Yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> I got a nice uh, little wager with, with Johnny on this one for a, a shirt of the team of my choosing. And so with this matchup, I'm going to go we're, really quick here. I'm picking the Patriots against the Lions, and your plays are Tom Brady, James White, Chris Hogan, and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, somebody's going to run on them because they all have Sony Michelle. If he's healthy and ready to go, he's a guy to look at for flex. Or if you need, if there's an injury or something's going on and you got to play another running back, I got him as a low end too because he's playing – I'd have him as a three, but he's playing the Detroit Lions, and they let everybody run on him in the first couple weeks here. Matt Stafford, not a bad play. High-end quarterback, too, because I don't trust the secondary of the Patriots. I think there is going to be a lot of air it out in this game. I like Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay if I had to choose between all of those receivers. 
We're going to get into the Cowboys at Seahawks. As I said, the Seahawks have been on the road for two games to start the season. They're 0-2. The 12th man is big in Seattle, and I'm sure that they, they there's no other time in history maybe that they've missed them more than they do right now, and they'll be able to go back home and have that 12th man. They need it to try and get their first win this season for 2018-19. They got the Cowboys coming into town. Cowboys are 1-1, one one, somehow beat the Giants at home in a game that I'm surprised that the Cowboys were able to pull it off. What do you have in this game, Cowboys at Seahawks? Yeah, it should be an interesting game. It is in the home of the 12th man. It should be a low-scoring affair, and I look for you know the Seahawks to win this one, even though they're without quite a few guys on the defense. K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, not confident Earl Thomas is back up to speed. But they have something Dallas doesn't have. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott has not been Dak Prescott like we are used to seeing him. You know why? He's got nobody to throw the ball to. You know, the Cowboys are without a receiver. They desperately are looking for somebody. So I think Dak Prescott's a very low-end quarterback, too, possibly a quarterback three. I like Russell Wilson, number nine on my ranking this week. And, um, you know, running back-wise, you got to go with Zeke, but Zeke can only do so much with eight guys in the box, but he is the number four running back this week. I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Zeke, especially with that Seattle defense being dinged up a bit. Seattle's looking for a running back identity themselves. Chris Carson was limited in touches and gassed in the second half and had to come out of the game. Why? Because their stupid coach, Pete Carroll, had him playing special teams. How do you have your starting running back playing special teams? Now, I can see returning a punt or something in a, in a big situation if you have an Antonio Brown or something. But this is the guy who's supposed to be the workhorse. Why don't you just say it? You are caving in the pressure to get Rashad Penny on the field, and you're going to try to do that. I don't have Chris Carson ranked very high. Maybe a, a running back three this week. Nothing else. T.J. Proceis is a joke. He got blown up last week, got his quarterback sacked. He should be cut. I don't even know why he's still on the team. Doug Baldwin is dinged up, so they're looking for an identity. They're looking for somebody to throw the ball to. Tyler Lockett has stepped up. He's a wide receiver, too, for me this week. Will Disley... A tight end, too. I didn't believe it after the first week. He went out and scored another touchdown, had a decent game last week. And Dallas, no tight ends, no receivers, nobody stepping up. Where's Alan Hearns? Where's Michael Gallup? Where's Cole Beasley? They're not doing it. They're not getting it done. And that's the way, That's the reason why Dallas loses this game in Seattle. Yeah, I, I'm not a Dallas fan of what they're doing this season. The irony of needing a number one receiver and being the team who willfully gave up their number one receiver is it's kind of a joke because the team that needs Des Bryant the most right now is the Dallas Cowboys. That's who needs him. And, you know, we know Jerry Jones. He makes decisions. He does what he wants to do, and he doesn't listen to anybody. And if anybody thinks he's wrong, they probably get fired. So, and Dan Bailey, he's just sitting out there for the take, and that's awesome that he's got himself a job. Didn't think it would take that long, and it didn't. It only took a couple weeks. As far as Dallas, I like Ezekiel Elliott in the game and nobody else. I'm going to make it easy on you fantasy-wise. And then for Seattle, I like Russell Wilson. And I'm going to say Tyler Lockett if Doug Baldwin continues to be dinged up in the game. You know, and outside of that, Will Disley, I think he could get a touchdown against the Cowboys defense. And I like Seattle's potential defense and special team. And you know what? Let me let me take that off. I'm not going to put their defense and special teams on there because knowing the Cowboys, they'll find a way to score and negate it. So I do like Russell Wilson. I like Tyler Lockett, Will Disley, 
in the game. I don't like the rushing attack. There has not been a good rushing attack for Seattle since the last season that Marshawn Lynch was there. So this is not a game that has a ton of fantasy value to me. I'm going with the Seahawks, as are you, Mike. So just to let everybody know, that is our pick. And then uh, we're going to go to our Sunday night and Monday night really, really quick. Bears, Cardinals, what do you got? Yeah, Bears, Cardinals. I I like the Bears defense. I mean, Khalil Mack is a terror. I think that's going to win them the game. I feel sorry for Sam Bradford. This may be the end of Sam Bradford relatively soon here. Look for the Bears to dominate this game. I look for them to win. I don't think Trubisky is going to light it up, number one, 21 quarterback. And, again, you can't count on Sam Bradford in this game. Uh, running back-wise, I – I think that the Bears have the better running backs right now. I think that Jordan Howard, number 10 running back on my list. Tariq Cohen, if you're in a PPR, he's worthy of a running back too. Allen Robinson, he seems to be the one bright spot receiving-wise. Anthony Miller seems to be showing up, but I don't think you can count on either one of those guys for more than a wide receiver three. I like the flexibility with Trey Burton on the short shovel passes, the handoffs. I I think they're going to find exotic ways to get him involved. I think he's a uh, tight end two and for Arizona Arizona their one guy is is having trouble getting the ball David Johnson they got to get him going I like what Chase Edmonds brings but they got to get David Johnson going you got to get him the ball you got to get him the ball in space you got to let him run the game you got to let him run the ball so he doesn't get any yards run it again run it again run it again well, they're not going to have that liberty against this Bears defense. The Bears defense is too tough for that. Look for them to throw the ball. Larry Fitzgerald, he's a he's a wide receiver, too, in this game for me. Christian Kirk trying to get involved. No real presence on the tight end position for the Arizona team. And I think that the Bears are going to win this game handedly in a low-scoring affair. I got the Bears in this one as well. We're going to go really quick here to round out the show. I think Anthony Miller is worth, he's a wide receiver three. He's worth a flex play for you. I think he's going to score in this game. He did get his first collegiate touchdown out of Memphis. He got the touchdown in week number two. I like him. I like Trey Burton in the matchup. I like Jordan Howard in this game as well. For Arizona, it's hard to say don't play David Johnson, so I'll put him down to a running back too, but he's playing up against a good Bears defense and special teams. I would consider playing the defense and special teams. Fitz did not practice with a hamstring injury. So Christian Kirk, it's not there yet. I do agree with Mike, and I did say earlier in the week, I think Josh Rosen's going to start sooner than later. That's when I think Christian Kirk is going to start to pop off, the, and I'm going to go with the Bears. Steelers at Bucks. very, very quick here. What do you got? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I got to kind of like Pittsburgh at home in this one in a close one, but it's going to be a high-scoring affair. You can definitely play Ryan Fitzpatrick, number eight on my ranking. You definitely play Ben Roethlisberger, number four on my ranking. James Conner, number three running back this week. Tampa, not so much. Peyton Barber hasn't been able to get it done. He's a low-end running back, two for you. Ronald Jones has all, all but disappeared. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a practice squad before long. And receiver-wise for Tampa, Mike Evans is having a Mike Evans year. Chris Godwin trying to get in the mix. If you're in a return yardage league, Adam Humphreys is a great guy to own. And O.J. Howard looked great. He's a low-end tight end one after that 75-yard touchdown run last week. And for the Steelers, wow. The Steelers, Antonio Brown missing practice this week. Still, 
the number one receiver on my board this week. And Juju Smith-Schuster looks like he's developing a presence. Vance McDonald and Jesse James seem to cancel each other out at all. Jesse James looked a little bit flashier. You can count on either one of those guys for a tight end, too, for you this week. I like Pittsburgh in a narrow one in Pittsburgh. Or in Tampa on Monday night. I'm going to go with the Bucks in this game. I like Fitz in the game. Well, let me go Let me go with the road team. So I like Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. On the other side of it, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. As always, Mr. Sofka, thank you for your time. Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. We'll talk with you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Dan. That coming from Mike. And we'll be on here tomorrow. Wake up call with Dan Satora Friday. The annoying moment of the week proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt. Followed by significant sound bites, sound bites with my Q&As with the ACC coaches, the Atlantic Coast Conference. You will also hear from the matchup coaches, Dino Babers of Syracuse. And you'll hear from Randy Etzel of UConn in my Q&As with both of them. And we'll get into Collectible Corner with John Newman and Jordan Newman. God bless you all. I'll talk with you soon. Have yourselves a great day and enjoy football tonight.